Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, uh, CFL fans, and welcome to the Let's Talk CFL podcast. We're at episode 288, almost to 300. It's not going to be long, about six weeks, and we'll be at 300. I think around Grey Cup time, we're probably going to be pretty close to um, um, 600. So welcome to the show. We have a very interesting, very impactful week coming up as we storm towards the playoffs and we get even closer to the Grey Cup and there is still a whole lot to be decided not just what teams are going to be there but who's going to play where who's going to have home ice who's going to be first in the west well it's still a bit of a uh, it looks like it's going to be Calgary but hey we don't know for sure it's still mathematically possible that those green guys uh, that live in the middle of the country could sneak up and catch them, but uh, it would probably take a lot for that. So we're going to talk about all that and all the comings and goings in the CFL over the past week. Uh, we're talking to you a, a night later uh, than we normally do. Of course, it's Thursday night tonight. We normally talk to you on Wednesday. We had some scheduling conflicts yesterday, so we said let's talk tonight instead. And it's a good night because we're only one day away from football. Of course, we've got Friday night football in Ontario tomorrow. And then another famous triple header on Saturday. Part of me likes the triple headers and part of me don't. I like the triple headers if we're on a road game because then I can watch all three games. If it's a home game, I'm missing the second game because typically if we've got a home game on a triple header, being here in BC, we got the last game of the day. So during the second game, I'm traveling because it takes me nearly two hours to get from my house to the stadium. So I'm typically traveling uh, during the middle game, so I don't get to see it. So, But we are on the road game this this week, so I can probably see all three of the games. We'll see what happens. One other thing I just wanted to point out here before I bring the other two gentlemen in. They're probably thinking, wow, they called us a gentleman. Um, this thing I just saw on Twitter just about 20 minutes ago. With an article, I believe, in the province, either the Vancouver province or the, the Vancouver Sun, the, the two local newspapers, but it looks like the province, talking about Travis Lule returning uh, to start for the BC Lions this week. And then in the sub-headline, it says, Struggling Lions looking to veteran pivot to spark late-season drive to the playoffs. Struggling Lions? Check out the uh, the last scores for the last five weeks. You'll find out that the struggling Lions have won four of their last five games. If that's struggling, what does a team have to be doing to be competent or good? Because five in a row would be spectacular, but apparently four in a row, according to this writer for the Canadian Press, uh, is struggling. Who knew? Whatever. Well, the... That's, I wonder why the newspaper industry is dying. 
Um, okay, let's go on and bring in the uh, two from uh, other gentlemen here. By the way, it's Charles Cliff. Uh, CJ is unavailable again today due to work commitments, so I'm filling in as host. And as we speak, people are shutting their radios off. But, uh, no, we got two others. It's not just me. Don't worry. You'll get to hear other people other than me. People are coming back to this radio now. Uh, first, we're going to bring in Mark from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Bomber fan. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? I'm all right. It was a nice sunny day here in the lower mainland. I hear it's kind of cold there. Yeah, kind of cold would and be the probably word. an understatement. Yeah, I think it's about three or four Celsius right now, but it's we haven't seen the sun. I think we've seen the sun two days in the last close to a month. I feel like I'm wow. in Vancouver hmm. for the winter. Hmm. Well, three to four degrees ain't too good, too bad. Yeah, no, but it's so damp. I'm beginning to understand why you guys hate this kind of weather. And probably windy, too, because isn't it always windy in Winnipeg? It's always windy in Winnipeg. Yes, of course it is. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, well, off to another city that's got crappy weather. We'll go to Calgary and bring in Will McDonald. Good evening, Will. Good evening. This is a good time um, to supposed, vent about your weather if uh, yeah. No, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be seventeen here next Wednesday. So Oh wow. This is this That's is the strangest Wednesday. This is <laughs> the strangest place in the world. You can walk out into my yard, there's snow on the ground, none of the leaves have fallen out of the trees, and it's like what's going on? And I remember, it's funny, because I remember last December, I was in the hospital getting my last arm surgery, and a friend of mine came to see me, and uh, yes, I have friends, um, and he had bought a new car, and he wanted me to come outside in his new car, and I went outside and literally walked around the hospital in shorts and a t-shirt. That's how nice it was. And so, I don't know what this weather's all about. I just... Calgary weather, wait 15 minutes, it will change yes. every single time. Well, so, I know you guys had snow there say? recently, so. Yes, we had 45 centimeters last Wednesday. Mm. And then you and said. It was, the nice, it was the nice, wet, heavy stuff. So, and now most of it's gone. So, and they're expecting temperatures between 17 and 6 all next week. So I don't know what to say. <sighs> but I'm sure but I'm sure for Saturday night's game in in Calgary and for the week from Saturday night's game in Calgary, it'll be freaking cold cuz I got to sit outside. So There you go. That's what I think. Okay. Well, there's our cross country weather or at least um maybe not cross country weather, but uh, from BC to Manitoba, I don't know what the weather was in in uh, Calgary, but I don't think anyone cares. Uh, or not Calgary, Saskatchewan, but never mind. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yep. So we're going in important week for a lot of teams this week, and uh, we will get right into it. But first, I'm going to press a button here. Call five one six four one eight five four zero eight to speak with the host. Or hit up on social media through the Facebook group or on Twitter at Let's Talk CFL. 
All right, into the first game of the week, which will happen tomorrow night. It's probably the least impactful of all the games this week, although the Hamilton Tiger Cats still have their eyes on first place in the Eastern Division, so they're not playing for nothing, even though the Toronto Argonauts are playing out the string. But we've got the Hamilton Tiger Cats heading in to BMO Field to play the um, struggling and eliminated from the playoffs Toronto Argonauts. So typically there's a lot of feeling and a lot of um a lot of intensity for these Hamilton Toronto games. Might be a little bit less seeing as only one play team is going to be playing after the first week in November. Uh Mark, uh, how do you see this game shaping up um this week? Well, when you look at it, yeah, you know, uh, Toronto doesn't have a lot to play for. Hamilton does, but the guys are still guys in Toronto are still playing for jobs, especially James Franklin. You know, apparently he's going to be the starter going forward, so he's got to show now that he can lead the team. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see what happens there. Toronto, I'm not sure if Sink or Hamilton, sorry, I'm not sure if Sinkfield is playing, but they do have a lot to play for. They've got to get him into the rhythm of playing again with Hamilton. It's going to be interesting to watch him playing with Jeremiah Masoli. That could be a lot of fun. Um, even though this is in Toronto and you normally would take the home team. I just think Hamilton is just that much better than Toronto right now, for sure. You know, Hamilton's playing close to the top of their game. Toronto, while they're out of the playoffs, they're not even going to come close. So I'm going to go with Hamilton. I just think they're by far a better team. Uh, it could end up being almost a home game for Hamilton, depending on how many fans do come across. So... I'm going to say Hamilton 32, Toronto uh, 19. 32 to 19. All right, 32-19 Hamilton. Will, what do you think? Well, you know what? I gotta catch Mark and I gotta catch uh Charles or sorry um, me. Chris Chris in in the standing, so you'll be surprised by the prediction. But you know what? You can say Hamilton has lots to play for, but bottom line, Hamilton's made the playoffs. And it's still really hard to get up for that game if you've already made the playoffs. And I would assume they're going to take Toronto likely, lightly. And uh, James Franklin gets to play. He gets to prove, like he was supposed to prove this year, that he's the next one. And and I I, I hate when they take a quarterback who hasn't played all year and put him in the last three or four games of the year and say he can earn his spot by leading this team. Well, you know what? If you talk about the Hamilton game, in reality, this really means nothing to Hamilton. Yeah, they could get a higher playoff spot, but are they going to go out 
and kill themselves to get our higher playoff spot. I I I don't know, so it's hard to say. But I got to catch up to Chris, and I got to catch up to who, uh, Mark. So I am gonna go with um, Toronto twenty nine and the Tie Cats twenty eight. Hmm. Twenty nine, twenty eight, a close one. Interesting. Um. Toronto sucks. I'm sorry. They're not a good football team this year. They're, that Grey Cup that they won last year is such a distant memory at this point. Um, and they're basically out of it as far as the well, play, well, not basically. They are out of it as far as the playoff goes. But sometimes a team like that can be even more dangerous because really they've got nothing to lose. So they can basically just go out and play football and not have all the concerns. And, you know, those guys got a certain amount of pride on them. They still want to win as much as they can because that's just the nature of football teams. When you're a coach, you want to win every game regardless of your record. So I know Mark Tressman will want to have it ready, but... I just don't see how they're going to knock off the Ticats this time. The Ticats, they're still playing for first place. I know what Will's saying, how it's hard to get up for a game like that. I understand his reasoning behind that. I just think Hamilton's that much better of a team. And I really think that the Stampeders, Stampeders, that the Ticats are going to beat Toronto, although I do think Toronto will be able to keep it fairly close. Um, but I'm going to pick Hamilton to win this one. I say they're going to win it 25 to 20. So I'm going to say Hamilton 25, Toronto 20 at BMO Field. So we got scores in from a couple people that aren't on the show. Both um, Chris and CJ have put their scores in. Chris has got Hamilton beating Toronto 38 to 13. And then he's got Hamilton, uh, CJ has Hamilton beating Toronto 28-16. to 16. So those are the scores from both Chris and CJ. And we've given us scores. I do think that Toronto is, you know, they'll stay competitive. But I just think that in the end, the, they're going to get that, the Hamilton's just going to have that le- little extra push that will uh, be able to put them over the top against a team that really has nothing to play for, and they're just uh, playing to end the season. So that's how I kind of see it. All right, so there's that game in the book. So let's move on to the triple header on Saturday. Let's talk CFL. All right, well, game one of the triple header happens at IGF Field in Winnipeg. Uh, and it has the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, who are in second place, taking on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who are in third place. So these two teams are right now in a battle, uh, advantage riders, um, to finish in second place and host the Western semifinal. And this is also pretty much looking like the most likely matchup in the Western semifinal. So, it's an interesting one. Last time, we all remember what happened last time Saskatchewan went to IGF. They went in there and they thumped 
Winnipeg. That was a game that uh, I believe that Matt Nichol threw three interceptions in the first quarter, and two of them got taken back for touchdowns. So it was a nightmare for the Bombers in that game. And, Mark, do you think this one's going to go any better for the, the your uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber team? Yeah, I definitely do. Um, Nichols is playing with a lot more confidence, and even though he's not throwing for the 300 yards, he's pl- throwing for, you know, the 260, 270, the average style. But he's not making the mistakes he was. He's not throwing the dumb interceptions. He hasn't thrown an underhanded ball to nobody um, in three games. And it's no coincidence that they are on a three-game winning streak. I think that you look, Dressler's been back in. They actually haven't lost a game this year when Dressler's played. It's just weird. It's not like he gets 100 and some yards receiving or something. It's just weird that when he plays, they win. And from what it sounds like, he he did get dinged up in practice, but it does sound like he is going to be playing. Um, I think this is a game that I almost call it a trap game, but for Saskatchewan, not for Winnipeg. They're getting, they're coming in here. They're all, you know, our defense is so good. Your offense is terrible. You can you can barely even call them mediocre. And the Barmer defense is playing so much better. Like, yeah, they gave up a lot of yards against Ottawa last week. But I would say 60% of those yards were on the last two drives in uh, of the game against Ottawa. So I do think this is, you'll see Winnipeg come up with the win here. I just think they're a better team. Yeah, it doesn't look like it in the standings. But they've definitely got a better offense considering the Bombers do have the number one offense scoring-wise in the CFL. So it'll be an interesting game against the Saskatchewan defense. You know, they are an opportunistic defense. They remind me of Winnipeg last year, last two years, and then, of course, of 2011 with Swaggerville. And we all saw how that ended. So poorly. I am going to – yeah, very poorly. Um, I'm going to go with Winnipeg. I'm going to say they're going to be right on their average. I'm going to go Winnipeg 28, Saskatchewan 17. All right, Will, you always said that Winnipeg's your number two team and you hate the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So I think I know how you're going to pick, but let's see if you surprise me. Well, you know what? I can't remember, and Mark, maybe you can refresh my memory, when the last time was that Winnipeg lost to Saskatchewan three times in one season. Okay? Um, usually usually they split Labor Day, uh, the Labor Day weekend games, and they didn't this year. Saskatchewan won both. And, and I have said on this podcast numerous times, I don't think Saskatchewan's a very good team. I think their offense, I have to agree with Mark, their offense does suck badly. Um, They only scored, what did they score last week? Nine points? Or whatever it was. What was the final score? 19 to to 12 against Edmonton. And one of those touchdowns was by a defensive player. 
So um, their offense isn't very good. I think their defense is better than Winnipeg, but I, I think Winnipeg's defense is not bad. Okay, and I think those guys have a lot of pride. And the one thing we've seen everybody do against Saskatchewan the last three weeks, and I don't know why they haven't kept it up, is they run the ball against them. Because you got Willie Jefferson and you got Charles Hughes Hughes going for the, the big sacks, and it seems a lot of guys are running by them and going right up the middle. And you know what? I wanted to bring up another thing, and I and I didn't get to watch – a lot of the Edmonton Saskatchewan game last week. And I, I finally watched it a couple of days ago and well, no, but what I'm talking about and and I don't know, maybe Mark watched this Willie, the Willie Jefferson touchdown when he acted like a douchebag, you know what? I watched the interception and the hit on Mike Riley 40 times. And Hell I don't shot. know why, I don't know why they didn't turn that over and call it a roughing the passer because he hit him right in the face, helmet to helmet, and it was plain as the nose on my face. Can you tell me why that happened? Because we've said so many other times before, it's Mike Riley. He never gets those calls ever. Wow. And I if mean, he pulls he literally literally knuckles got... and flops down and rolls around like he's been shot. They throw the flag. He literally got drilled right in the face. Okay, and I, I couldn't believe that. And, and quite truthfully, I think if uh, that touchdown had been called back, Saskatchewan or Edmonton would have won that game. But that was last week. I'm not going to go any further with that. Um, you know, I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to pick the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I am picking the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 24, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 16. So 24-16 for the Riders. For the Bombers. Or, excuse me, for the Bombers, yes. Yes, sir. All right, interesting. Well, I kind of agree with both of you guys. I don't see... I don't think this is a good matchup for um, the Riders right now. It was a far better matchup back around the Banjo Bowl because the Bombers were kind of in a a state of disarray at that point. They've actually turned it around, I think, uh, fairly substantially. And in particular on defense, who are playing extremely well right now, uh, the Bombers look like they're going to be okay. Uh, Weston Dressler did get banged up in practice, but he looks like he's going to be okay to play, who he did not play in the last time these two teams met. And I'm sorry, uh, the, the, the Riders' piss-poor offense just doesn't do anything for me. Uh, I know Riders fans are going to sit there and try and say, oh, yeah, we're scoring all these points and scoring this and that and that. Your defense is scoring a, a large majority of your points. I'm sorry. Uh, there have been many, many games, and I've even brought it up here on the podcast, that uh, their good defensive play uh, kind of masked their terrible offensive play because their offense wasn't really putting a lot of points up, including, I might add, in the game in Winnipeg, the Banjo Bowl, when the Riders beat the Bombers. The offense, or excuse me, the defense scored a lot of points in that game. So, um, 
really, when you're looking at that, that's really a um, a bad thing for the Bombers, or excuse me, for the Riders, because I think that the defense is much of the Bombers is playing much better now than they were back during the Banjo Bowl, and the offense is playing considerably better than the um, what they were playing uh, back during the Badger Bowl. So I'm kind of on the same wavelength here as both of you. I think the Bombers are going to win this game, especially being at home. And it's damn, it's hard, if not damn near impossible, to beat a team three times in one season. So I'm going to go along with you, and I'm going to say that the that the Bombers take this one 32 to 17. So I think the Bombers are going to win it 32 to 17. That's kind of how I see this one. And well, let's go to the back to the uh, page here and just see what uh, the others picked here. Um, well, let's see. Uh, Chris has got the games out of order. Chris is picking Saskatchewan. 34 to 25 in this game. CJ, he's also picking Saskatchewan. When did he start picking Saskatchewan? He's picking Saskatchewan. Yeah, I guess. But uh, he's picking Saskatchewan 28 to 24. So that's interesting. You know what? I think I skipped over a game. I think this is actually the. No, I don't know. Whichever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, But yeah, he's got Saskatchewan 28 to 24. So the three people that are here going with Winnipeg, the two that are not here going with Saskatchewan. So that should be very interesting. Be interesting to see because these two teams are two teams that don't like each other, and there is always a lot of emotion in these games, no matter what the records are or who's playing how. So uh, these are the two main rivals for one another, and it amps it up that much more that these two teams are also trying to battle to take, get second place in the division. So, very, and, very interesting one. Oh, and Mark, will you be there? Mark, will you be there? No, unfortunately, I actually won't. I have a wedding to attend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is, in some bright, ways isn't bad, oh, okay. considering it's supposed to be snowing. Well... What you gotta do is you gotta go out and get one of those little mini, uh, like um, radios with a little uh, earpiece that you can just kind of stick in. So during the wedding, you can kind of keep on going. But just don't when they my score phone. a touchdown. Yeah, if they score a touchdown in the middle of the ceremony, don't jump up and start saying touchdown, touchdown. It might look a little strange. No, what I'm more worried about is if they do traditional vows, and they do the bit about. Um, if anybody has a problem with this, speak now. And the bombers score at that exact moment, and I jump up and say yes. Mm. That could be a problem. <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful yeah. about that. Yeah, very. <laughs> All righty then. So we've got... Um, Yeah, so we've got that one. Now uh, let's move on to the next game. Let's talk CFL. 
I'm trying to actually figure out if I did the games in the wrong order. I might have done... I think the Red Blacks and the Eskimos are actually the first game, not the um, other way around. I'm just... Um, let me just see here. What does it say on CI? Yeah, no, I'm right. No, it's Ottawa and Edmonton is, are the second game on Saturday. I didn't screw it up, surprisingly. All right, whatever. So, having said that, we've got the Ottawa Red Blacks going into Edmonton to play the Edmonton Eskimos. One team fighting uh, for first place. or Yeah, and one team fighting to hang on to the crossover. Not normally a good mix. Uh, the, the Eskimos have been horrifically struggling lately. Uh, Mike Riley and no Mike Riley, I think he's banged up. I think we discussed that in the other show on on Monday. But uh, it's Ottawa and Edmonton. Now, Ottawa themselves can be a bit of a um, uh, an enigma. We know about good Trevor Harris and bad Trevor Harris, but... Um, Will, how do you think this one uh, might end up? Well, I've uh, beat this one back and forth. You know, I I think uh, Edmonton is better than the record shows, but I have not seen any kind of signs that they're going to come out of it anytime soon. And uh, Mike Riley... You know what? One of the things that came up on a show the other night was on another podcast was, is Mike Riley hurt? And do we not know about it? And everybody is thinking it's a shoulder issue. And because uh, he just hasn't played well. And then you get that Edmonton defense and the defensive backfield is just horrific. I think there's not a not a worse backfield in the CFL, to be honest with you. So, you know, they do have C.J. Gable, and maybe they should run the ball, but they always seem to abandon that as well. So I'm not going to give Edmonton the benefit of the doubt this week. I'm just going to simply say, because Redback, you know, the Red Blacks, when they do fire on all cylinders on offense, they have a pretty good offense. They have some great receivers. Mm-hmm. They have a great re- Great kick returner. They have a great running back. I mean, and I guess it, you know, their first place is still possibly for possibility for them in the East as well. So I'm going to put it, um, I'm going to put Red Black 28, Eskimos 26. Red Blacks 28, Eskimos. 26. Correct. Interesting. Mark, what do you think? Are you agreeing or is it going to be an Ottawa win? What do you think? I've been flipping this one back and forth just because Harris is so good between the 30s. You know, and he showed that last week again. They are so good between the 30s. But it's now, they do have the best field goal kicker in the CFL easily. Uh, so they are guaranteed points once they hit the 30s. But eventually, the not getting touchdowns comes back to bite you. It did last week against Winnipeg. Um, but like Will said, 
Mike Riley isn't possibly or maybe hurt. After the hit he took against Winnipeg, he's hurt. And then he was banged around a lot by Saskatchewan. His shoulder is banged up. Everybody's banged up at this point in the season anyway. But his shoulder is definitely injured. Um, you, you can see it. He's not throwing the ball really accurate. There's not a lot of velocity on it, which is unusual for him. He throws darts. He throws them into those small windows, and they're always on target. And the last couple of games, he's been off. And I think it it's, A, he's really banged up. B, he's got to be gun-shy because that offensive line is almost college-style offensive line. They're horrible. And with the trade trade deadline passing, they did nothing to shore it up. And their defensive backs, as we've been saying for almost three years now, are bad. They're not mediocre. They're just bad. So I, I don't think you'll see Ottawa light it up. But I'm going to keep it relatively low scoring. Will, what was your score here? 28-26. I'm going to say... Check CJ's on that. I'm going to say Ottawa 27, Edmonton 18. 27-18. Very interesting. It's a random score, but it just popped into my head. (laughs) Not a bad one. I'm going to say right up front here that I do not want the Edmonton Eskimos to win. And for obvious reasons, they're in a battle with my team, the BC Lions, for a playoff spot. But personally, I think they're going to win this one. Uh, I just think they're due for a win. It may be a sloppy win or something like that. They were probably unlucky uh, to lose last week. Or, But um, I think they're going to sneak one out. I think we're going to see a bit of bad Trevor Harris this week. Um, and I think that, um, he's going to be able, that, um, Mike Riley's going to be able to be able to muster enough to lead his team to victory. He, he doesn't, um, it's not a lot he can do really. Uh, he's not, I think he's clearly banged up. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You can just tell him the way he's playing. You can tell him the way he's throwing the ball. He's just not himself. You can clearly see that. I think he's going to dig down deep. I don't know how many times he'll be able to do this, but he's going to put the team on his back, and they're going to win this one. It'll be, I think, relatively low scoring. Um, I think the Edmonton defense is terrible, but there's been times where the Ottawa offense, and in particular Trevor Harris, has looked terrible. We all have talked about good Trevor Harris, bad Trevor Harris. Well, I think bad Trevor Harris rears his ugly head this week. And I'm not calling Trevor Harris ugly. I meant his ugly head. It was a metaphor. And I just think that the Eskimos will squeak this one out. I also, like I said, think it'll be a lower-scoring game. I'm going to call this one uh, Edmonton 21 and Ottawa 17. 
I think it'll be a low-scoring battle, but I think the Eskimos, uh, on the basis of Mike Riley, will be able to eke this one out this time. I hope they don't. I'd rather see the Lions win, or excuse me, the uh, Red Blacks win, but I just think Edmonton is going to win. Call me crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm taking a flyer on this one. All right, so we've got so far two picks for the Eskimos and one for the Red Blacks. Chris, excuse me, two picks for the Red Blacks and one for the Eskimos. Chris has also picked uh, the Eskimos to win. He's got the Eskimos winning 28-25. to 25. CJ, he is not picking Edmonton to win. He's picking the Red Blacks to win, much like Will and Mark did. He's got the Red Blacks winning 24-21. So we've got uh, three picks for uh, Ottawa and two picks for Edmonton in this one. Interesting. All right, so the final game of the week, game four and game three of the Saturday triple header, is at McMahon Stadium in Calgary. And I guess, Will, you're going to be there being the season ticket holder. Hopefully it's not going to be too cold for you. And you've got the BC Lions coming into Calgary to play the Calgary Stampeders. An important game for the Lions as they are trying to uh, stay pace, or who knows, by that time maybe trying to widen their lead on the Edmonton Eskimos. Meanwhile, the Calgary Stampeders, they're just looking to sew up first place in this division, and they're going to be doing it with a receiving core that's put together mainly of duct tape. And on the other side, BC's getting their starting quarterback back because starting quarterback back, is that right? Oh, well. Uh, Travis Lule is back starting for the Lions this week. So interesting uh, stories all around. Mark, uh, no, actually we'll start with Will. This is his team. He's going to be at the game. What do you think? Well, this morning, you know, I saw I saw John, John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson on – on labor corner this morning, picking guys up. Okay. <laughs> to see if they wanted to work as wide receivers. And, uh, there didn't look like a big promising crowd there. So I, 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 I don't, I, there's, there's all Mark and Michelle broke his scapula. And I think that happened quite truthfully. I think that happened two games ago. And, I think he just sucked it up for a game and then it got re-aggravated the other day because I know two games ago he got hit really hard in the back and the upper shoulders by an unnamed person, and uh, I think that hurt him. Um, they say Eric Rogers is also banged up. <laughs> so, uh, once again, I, I as I walk through the gate at Stampeder Games, there's always people standing there with programs. And I know all the players, so I ignore them. But I think on Saturday night I'll grab a program so I can see who the wide receivers are. Okay? And I haven't heard any rumors of Nick Lewis coming back. I wish they would. But, oh, well. So, um, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, Charles. You said um, BC has won four out of their last five. Is that correct? That is correct. So, was the last loss they had against Calgary, or was that 
the game no, before the last was a, loss. That was the game before the last. Their last loss was the um, okay. to Hamilton. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay, and then right. They okay. had won the previous three before that, and then before that they lost to Calgary. Right. Okay. So, so you know they've they've done quite well since they were in Calgary because yeah, and I remember that game because CJ was here, and you know what, BC's defense looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Calgary managed to squeak it out again. Um, but you know what? I, I I think until this next man up mentality blows up on them, I keep thinking we're going to keep on using it. Um, and now it's not only cool, next bro. man up; it's not only next man up is it's also the guy we just signed to the practice roster up. Okay, so um, okay. <laughs> I have never seen a team have so many injuries to so many receivers at one time. It's amazing. But I still I still think Calgary is uh desperate to uh you know, win the home playoff game and win the West. And they better do it tonight or they better do it Friday or I and I think I think Calgary clinches the West if Calgary wins in uh and uh, Saskatchewan loses, so that's why I'm cheering for the Bombers this week too. But I am going to pick Calgary, of course, um, and I'm just going to go out there because I like to do this. You know that I'm going to pick Calgary 37, BC 18, 37-18. Interesting choice. All right, now we'll go to Mark and see what he thinks about this game. This is another game I've been kind of batting it around because Calgary is so banged up on receiver, obviously. I think we've beaten that one to death. (laughs) But they do have Chris Matthews coming in this week. When he was last in the CFL six years ago, he was one of the best receivers in the CFL with Alex Brink as his quarterback. I think he had 12 or 1,300 yards and one rookie of the year with Alex Brink as his quarterback. He then yeah, went but to the CJ, would, CJ, would, CJ would say Alex Brink is way better than Bo Levi anyway. So. <laughs> True. Yeah, Matthews then did go to the NFL, and if it wasn't for a really bad coaching mistake probably would have gotten the MVP of the Super Bowl. The guy does have talent, but it's been a long time since he was in the CFL, six years ago. Hopefully, from Calgary's side, he still has that talent. He's a big body. He's, what, 6'5", 240, I think, which is massive when it comes to CFL receivers. Hopefully he's had enough time to get in sync with Mitchell. The problem I'm seeing, too, from Calgary is Mitchell's been off. He was way off last week against Montreal. Will even said it last week that one of the worst games he's played in Calgary. Hopefully that's not a pattern going forward. The worst. Yeah, BC getting Lule back is huge. 
and I know we're talking about it in the next segment, but do they have a playbook for Bluey? Because from what I read, there was no backup to the one that got stolen. So I don't know if Jackson is now, like, scrambling to try to remember plays. That could be a big factor in this game. Um, Especially, of course, if Mitchell or Dickinson stole it. I want to take BC just because Calgary is due for a letdown. But I do think it was last week against Montreal was their letdown game. Having Matthews back, I think, should be a boost. So I'm going to say Calgary 26, BC 22. 26 to 22 for Calgary. Okay, uh, so I'm guessing you can all pick. You can all figure out who I'm going to pick. Um, yeah, Montreal. okay, this is. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to pick Montreal. Why wouldn't I? Uh, because uh, the Lions are four of five games, and you got to look at it. They they won four of five games, and pretty much. They did most of that with Jonathan Jennings at the control. And I think that if you look uh, at it uh, objectively, the Lions offense has played much better when Travis Lule was in the lineup. Uh, They were a much more dangerous offensive unit. Uh, They could stretch the field out better because it wasn't as much of an adventure when he threw deep. Um, so I think that the, uh, Stampeders, uh, I know they have this next up mentality and I understand that whole thing. Uh, they've had it for a few years now, but eventually when is the next, next man up not going to be going to falter somewhat? And I know what, uh, Marcus said with, um, Chris Matthews, and Chris Matthews was the best receiver, or at least one of the best receivers in the CFL six years ago. He went to the NFL, but has not played a lot in the last few years. Is there going to be some um, some rust on him? I mean, he hasn't played a lot of competitive football in the last few years. Sure, he's coming in, and he was a uh, top-flight receiver uh, six years ago, but that's six years ago. That's an eternity in professional football. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm not saying he's not going to be uh, effective, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to just anoint him, you know, a big-time player at that point. Um, Eventually, injuries catch up to you, and I think we saw the start of that a week ago in Montreal because their offense for – a majority of that game was extremely ineffective against the Montreal Alouettes. Now, granted, the Alouettes' defense is not terrible, but I would put the Lions' defense a notch, uh, a few notches above the Alouettes' defense. And remember, the last time the Lions played in Calgary, yes, they lost, but it was a very competitive game. It was a game that was close right into the latter stages of the fourth quarter, 
and then Calgary got a few scores uh, late to kind of put it away. But they were certainly in that game for a large uh, portion of it. And I think that the Lions' defense is playing better now than it was at that point. And, in fact, that was almost sort of a, a kickoff point for them because they've been getting steadily better in every game throughout the uh game in Hamilton, which was a nightmare, but it was a nightmare in every position, not just defense. And then they played much better again last week against uh, Toronto. So, as I said, I'm going to pick the Lions. Um, It's not just a shot in the dark. I think they actually have a chance to win this one. Is it a good chance? We'll see, but it's at least a chance. And I was really surprised when I looked on the, uh, the, they had the little thing where they showed the picks by, like, the media members. Um, And actually, three picked the Stampeders and two picked the Lions. I was surprised to see them, two of them picked the Lions, because I remember the last time the Lions went into Calgary, it was a solid Stampeder pick right across the board. But uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the injuries to the Stampeders' uh, receiving core. I think it's getting people nervous about them and their prospects this week. So I'm going to pick the Lions in a close game. I'm going to go BC. Maybe they'll get a field goal late, and I'm going to take BC to win it 31-28. to They have not won in Calgary in a long time, so maybe they're due for one. We shall see. But I'm going to pick a 30, 31-28 for BC. All right. Anyone else with uh, anything to add on this? Has Jeremiah Johnson said anything about not playing now? Not that I've heard. In for him. Pardon me. Just with Sutton coming in for him. Johnson runs for his first hundred-yard game of the year. Yeah. And then he gets benched. Yeah, (laughs) that was a little bit strange. Yeah, it's weird timing. I know Sutton's mm-hmm. a, more of a power runner than I guess Johnson is, but mm-hmm. it just seems like weird timing. I'm guessing they just feel that Sutton's uh, the matchup is better for Sut- with Sutton than it is with Johnson, I guess, in the type of running back. But okay. it's very tough to run. It's very tough to run against um, the Calgary Stampeders defense. Very tough, I think. They got one of the best run defenses in the league. Oh yeah. You're running your own Alex Singleton, you're not gonna get a lot. Yep. That's all. Yep. Will anything else from you? Hey Char- hey Charles, what did you pick as your final score? I said thirty one to twenty eight. Okay. Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't talk about was um, the Stampeders do have quite a good defense, and last week they got Cadero Law back, and it made a huge difference for the defensive tackles, and they were trying to destroy Johnny Benziel. So we'll see what they do this week. Mm-hmm. So, you know... I mean, Travis is probably going to have his. Uh, he's probably going to have his shoulder taped. He's probably going to have his knees taped. He's going to have his entire body taped, I would assume. But he's a good quarterback, so 
you can't you can't uh, doubt him. So there is a chance. There's always a chance every week. We know this. That is true. Yep. So. All right. So I guess we should give out uh, Chris and CJ's picks for this game. Chris, Stampeder fan, not surprisingly, picking the Stampeders. He's picking them to win 32 to 26. And CJ, a Lions fan, not surprisingly, is picking the Lions. He's picking the Lions to beat the Stampeders 28 to 26. So we're all calling a close game, basically. Some closer than others, but uh, yeah. Except for Will. Well, yeah, he didn't call it too close, but, you know, it's the Stampeders. You very rarely call a close game when it comes to your Stampeders, so. Yep. Yep. You like to pick your Stampeders. No! All right, so um, that's the end of our game previews for this week. And now we'll proceed with the rest of the agenda. Let's talk CFL. So, um, Mark alluded to this uh, in the last um, game preview a little bit. We can talk about it more often now. The BC Lions had their laptop with their playbook stolen. Uh, It was stolen from their, um, out of the car on the weekend. I believe the car was parked at the Lions training facility out in Surrey. Which, if you've ever been to the Lions training facility in Surrey... You do not leave stuff in your car in that in that area. Uh, I could I got a story I could tell about that area, but it'd be too long, so uh, I'm not going to tell it now. But that's not the area to be leaving stuff in your car. So, anyway, the laptop, which included the Lions' offensive playbook, was stolen out of the car of assistant coach Jarius Jackson over the weekend. So. This is not a good thing, uh, like Will said, or no, I believe it was actually Mark who said it. I hope they have a backup for Travis Lule, or they're really going to be relying on his memory because uh, that's a lot of info. If you've ever seen uh, a professional football team's playbook, it's like a phone book. That's how big it is. They have plays for every single different scenario, multiple plays, and it's all stuff that's got to be memorized. So hopefully, like Mark said, they have a, um, what should we call it, a backup for it. Otherwise, it could be, uh, they might be playing uh, schoolyard football at that point. Just throw it up in the air and hope somebody catches it. Uh, Mark, did you read this story? What were your kind of thoughts on this? Yeah, I definitely did read the story. And I think when it originally came out, there was a comment that there wasn't a backup. Which just, there has to be in this day and age if you're not backing up your laptop. And and why are you taking it? It doesn't matter what part of town you're in, in any town. You're going to an MMA fight to watch a fight. I'm an MMA fan. You're taking a vehicle with a very important laptop and you're leaving the laptop in the vehicle where there's going to be even if it's only a thousand MMA fans 
you're asking for it to get broken into, especially when there are Lions logos on both sides of the vehicle. You're just asking for it to get broken into. Why would he bring it to a downtown bar? Why would he not leave that at home? Why did he need it with him? It's not like he's going to be going over plays with Howell while they're watching guys beat it, each other up. It just it makes no sense at all that he would actually take it to a bar. He didn't take it into the bar, but they're going to a bar to watch UFC, and you leave a laptop in the vehicle. Right. It's and now he's like it, it's horrible, you know. Th- th- thieves can't do anything with that laptop because it's this and that, not and this. Um, somebody's going to get in and clean that out in at least forty-five seconds. The way people are with computers now, mm-hmm. it's not a worthless computer to somebody who steals it. He's cleaned that out and he's probably already sold it, unless of course he sold it to Calgary fully informed. <laughs> it just it makes like it, how stupid are you especially since this has happened to BC before mm-hmm. it's not the first time oh but he did put up a thousand dollar reward really you think you're going to get somebody to give that back to you for a thousand bucks highly highly doubtful and he also had his passport with him like just how Stunned is this guy? Did he take too many headshots when he played football? It just makes no sense. And hopefully there is a backup somewhere, or maybe Wally's got it written down at his house from a couple of years ago, and they can go with an old playbook. Because if they didn't have that backed up, he's got to pull all this stuff out of his head which is just, it's ridiculous. Uh, Really, that's about it. It's just a stupid, stupid move. Go ahead. Will, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, but are you telling me that nobody else has a playbook in that whole organization? I mean, guys, I'm trying to find the article. It didn't sound like there was. I I I honestly can't imagine that because typically it's written. Typically, wouldn't it not be written out by hand and then scanned into the computer, or or something like that? Or there's got to be like a flash drive. They got to have some sort of backup for it. And guys, and guys take that stuff home with them all the time to study, and you have playbooks and. So I have a hard time believing that, but whatever. Yeah, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter where I'm at. Okay, there's, there's a couple of bags I carry with me in my car, and you know what? The minute I step out of that those, that car, regardless of I'm where where I'm at, those bags come with me all the time. Okay, so. Or, or if I'm if I'm going someplace and there's something valuable in my car, I usually stuff it under the seat, and that usually stops people from breaking into your car. Mm-hmm. 
So, but on the other hand, I've heard that uh, guys have devices now where they can just walk, walk along your car and they know when there's electronics in the car. So, um, so we'll see. But yeah, it was just stupid. I mean, if if the thing is that valuable, you don't carry it around in your car with you. Okay, sorry, you don't. It was just dumb, and well, maybe it goes with the with the Jarius Jackson, the offensive coordinator, because I don't think he's been that great this year. So, even Go if ahead, Charles, even if you're gonna have it in your car. Lock it up in your trunk where it's not in full view. That's not something you leave uh, lying around. It's just stupid. Uh, you've got to put it somewhere where it's not easily accessible to people. It's something that you can see. When you've got something that, that's got all of your plays on it, and if it is your only playbook, again, like Will, I can't believe that's the only playbook. There's got to be other copies. You can't have just one playbook because the players take it home to study because all the other players need to know it too. They're not all sitting there huddled around one laptop. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but even so, regardless of how many playbooks it is, you don't leave a laptop, even if it's just a normal laptop, that an everyday person, you don't leave that sitting around in a car why don't you put a sign on your card that says, break into me, get some valuables? No, you don't leave it in plain sight. Like Will said, you put it under the seat, you stick it in the trunk. Don't leave it there. It's just horrifically irresponsible. You can't just do that. Uh, really, really ridiculous. you got to know better than that, Jerry. That's not what you do. Especially when you're coming into an important part of the, an important game in this season... Um, you don't want to be um, putting the uh, laptop with your team's, basically all your team's bread and butter place. You know, it could be hacked. Someone could take that and put all that information online. So not only the Stampeders, but every team in the CFL can have your playbook. Yeah, that's going to work well for you. There are just so many things that go wrong. Take it home, then go to the bar. Leave it at your office if you know you're going to the bar. Or at the very least, hide it in your trunk. This just shows a lack of judgment on Jarius Jackson's part. And hey, we all make mistakes, I get that, but that's a pretty dumb mistake to make. It really is. You know what my favorite saying is, Charles? Common sense ain't that common sense ain't that common. Apparently not, because <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> no, obviously Crazy. not. Like, and you know the other thing I don't understand in today's in today's world that I don't I have no idea what Jerry's Jackson drives, but my car, I know when someone touches my car, okay, because it's wired that way, and and it just it just blows my mind. So yeah, <laughs> I wonder if his car has an alarm on it. I, there's a there's. I wonder if he locked. I wonder if he locked his car. Oh, uh, I just sit there and <laughs> leave the door. Leave the door open. So people think it's a trap and not break in. Um, well, you know, and, and it's funny know. because because at work our whole fleet of trucks, okay, we parked them outside in our yard, and our yard's been broken into numerous times. Mm-hmm. And I leave. 
I on purpose leave all the trucks open every night. So if somebody wants to come in and take a look in the trucks, great. It stops them from breaking windows, okay, because we don't leave anything in the trucks anyways. So, and it would be pretty tough for them to break through my uh, gate. So, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think we beat this to death enough. Yep, probably have. All right, so let's move on to the next topic. Let's talk CFL. All right, so as we move on now, uh, you know what? I'm going to skip a topic because this topic uh, we could talk about later. I think some of the other topics here. I'm going to skip on to uh, segment seven. So the Hamilton Tiger Cats have been having a resurgent year this year, obviously, and largely because of the play of their quarterback, Jeremiah Mazzoli, who is having, well, obviously, his best year as a professional player. And the Tiger Cats think that they have um, a quarterback in Jeremiah Mazzoli that should be um, given some serious consideration for the Most Outstanding Player Award for this season. So what do we think? Has the season that uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli had been a MOP-worthy season? Will, what do you think? I think I think he's definitely in the conversation, for sure. I mean, he has to be. I, I, I haven't looked for about a week now, but he was... He was third overall in passing or right up there. His team is winning, okay? And usually, I mean, let's face it, the MOPs don't come from losing teams most of the time. Um, You know, I know Mike Riley was right up there, but because of the last couple of weeks, man, I don't know if he's going to be there in the end. So then you got to go to the guys who are close. And Mazzoli has, he hasn't hurt his team this year. I mean, you talk about Hamilton this year having a resurgent. Yeah, it has a lot to do with the quarterback, but I think even more so, it has a lot to do with the coaching staff. And I think uh, if if we're talking about candidates for awards, I think uh, June Jones could be coach of the year this year. So yeah, I could I could see that. You know, and I mean, you think about it, he's got a seventy something year old Alvis Presley impersonator as his defensive coordinator, okay? So I mean I still think that's hey, bizarre. Um, um who used to be a NASCAR racer. There he used to be a lot of things, Charles. Okay. Yep. And I don't know I don't know if you've heard interviews with Jerry Glanville, but man, he is entertaining. Okay? This guy I have has, this guy has so no- much knowledge about football; it is absolutely scary. So, I he's a guy I'd love to sit down and have a cup of coffee with. So, but yeah, no Hamilton and Hamilton and Mazzoli's got to be right up there. I mean, once again, I know it's the regular season, and overall, you do have to look at his record at the end of the season. And their record still isn't going to be what a lot of the teams in the West record is, but it's still up there. Yep. So, go ahead. 
Jerry Glanville used to be a lot of things, including sane. Off to uh, Winnipeg. Mark, what are your thoughts? Is um, is um, Mazzoli a, a MLP-worthy quarterback? Well, he's definitely in the conversation for of the entire league. But he, to me, he is definitely the MOP in the East. There's, to me, no doubt about that. No, uh, he's I thrown agree. for a few more yards than you would say, other than Masoli. Uh, they're not going to give it to the kicker out of Ottawa. That we know for a fact. Um, so you wouldn't have to go to somebody like Trevor Harris. He is thrown for more yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions. He, yes, Brandon Banks is having a career year, but it's Masoli getting them the ball. He's thrown for over 4,200 yards. He's ran for over 400 yards, which as a quarterback is pretty damn good. It's not Damon Allen good, but it is pretty damn good. And you look at in the East, he is by far, I think, the best player in the East. So really in the east he is definitely the MO, the MOP of the east and in you take the whole league and okay you know they usually do give the MOP to the passing the guy the quarterback who gets the most passing yards which right now would be Mike Riley but could you really give it to Mike Riley especially if they don't make the playoffs no so i think he's really got a strong shot at the MOP there's really no strong argument you could come up with for, say, maybe Andrew Harris from Winnipeg. He's had a career year, but he's not going to end the year with the rushing title. You know, everybody's saying, well, he's only a few yards back, but he's also a game back of William Powell out of Ottawa. So I don't see him being finishing the year with the lead so they're not going to give it to him. Bo Levi Mitchell's had a good year, but again, nowhere near as good to me anyway as Masoli. Yeah, you know, the coaching has helped Masoli a lot, especially when they put Austin upstairs to be the figurehead. June Jones probably will get coach of the year, but it's... Hamilton's gone as far as they have on the offensive part with Masoli. It's been him. Yeah. So, you know, he's made really good decisions. He's thrown amazing footballs. He's kept his interceptions down. So I don't – I think he, right now, with only a month left in the season, I think he is the MOP. You know, Saskatchewan fans can say all they want about Willie Jefferson and this guy or that guy, but they're not giving the defensive, they're not giving the MOP to a defensive player. It's just not going to happen. So I think he is the, he's not in the conversation. I think he's the front runner. I'm not sure who you could argue has had a better year in the CFL and has been more important. So, go ahead, Charles. 
I think really uh, the guy, well, I know CJ wouldn't agree with this, but I think really the guy that, the only guy I think that has a shot to, to beat them, to beat them, would probably be Bo Levi Mitchell, mainly because if you look at what Bo Levi Mitchell has done, he's put up some still pretty good numbers, and he's been putting, uh, playing with a bunch of receivers that are nobodies, that are guys that are plucked off of practice rosters, guys they're signing that couldn't get on in the NFL. All of his top receivers at one point or another has gone down. They've kept winning, and they've kept putting up big numbers. Having said that, if you look at what they've done with Mazzoli and Hamilton, remember, Hamilton went out and they signed Johnny Manziel. Uh, he was going to be the big signing, and people were saying in the preseason, well, Johnny Manziel will be the starter in Hamilton before by like week three or four. It didn't happen. Mazzoli not only did not give up his starting position, but Hamilton felt so comfortable with Mazzoli as they traded Manziel. So you got to look at that. And a guy who, uh, he last year he showed signs of this, but he also had his hiccups where he would have just a brutal game. Well, for the most part, those brutal games have disappeared this year. And uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli has taken that next step into a top-tier quarterback. He will 100% be the Eastern nominee. Uh, I think he's going to be up against Bowley by Mitchell, and I think it really is a coin flip. He could very easily win that award because, excuse me, if you look at the Hamilton Tiger Cats, where would they be without Jeremiah Mazzoli? They would be nowhere, even in that crappy Eastern division. So um, he has been the guy that's held that team together, and he has been the fortunes of the Tiger Cats go with him. He, to me, is the unquestioned leader on the field of that team. So, yeah, I think 100% he's into discussion, and he's got a good shot at winning that. Not just, not just showing, he I could very well win it. So I fully agree with the uh, Tiger Cats here. He would be the guy that um, I would pick to win, I think, in a close one with Bo Levi Mitchell. He's, he's definitely he's definitely going to come out of the East as the MVP, that's for sure. No question. Or MOP. Okay, he has to be. Um, you can't I, – I mean, I think there there's might be a bit of an argument. Worthy. Well, I think there's there's something of an argument for a guy like Brad Sinopoli who's leading the league in receptions this year, and he is a dynamic player, and he is a Canadian guy. There's the other thing. But, yeah, Mazzoli's got to be there. I And I still think Bo's up there because of the shit that he's had to throw to this year. But uh, I, I guess it'll come down to, you know what, I think there's still three and four games left for these guys, and I and I guess those parts matter, right? Let's see what they do end of the season. So, we'll see. We'll see. But he has played well this year, and I, yep. I've never ever thought of, I've never thought much of Jason Mazzoli. Um, Jeremiah, but you know what? Or Jeremiah? They, they. Uh, Still don't. You got his name wrong. They built that. They, they've built that offense around him. Okay, and it works for him. I mean, he's a perfect example of a guy who they built the system around, and the system is perfect for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
he would, as we've seen in the past, he would be lost in a drop-back offense, okay? He's got to be able to create, and he's got to be able to do things. But he has played well this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he's a quarterback that's got to be moving all the time. Yep. He can't be a pocket guy. He'd get killed. No, and that's the reason. I'm sure that's the reason they they traded Manziel halfway through the season because yeah, there's no way they could have replaced him with with uh, Manziel. So. Yep. I agree. All right. Anyone else got anything on um, Jeremiah Mazzoli? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, anyone got anything on Jason Mazzoli? No, never mind. All right, let's move on to the uh, next topic here. You pick. Are you picking on me, Charles? Well, what was that, Will? Are you picking on me? Of course not. I just asked a simple okay. question. Yeah. Just, just asking, man. Just asking. Yeah. All right, so the Toronto Argonauts, who are not going to be in the playoffs this year, but they're going to make a change at uh, starting quarterback anyways. They're going to bring in Jeremiah or geez, Look what you got me doing now, Will. Okay, they're going to bring in James Franklin. Uh, back they're going to bring to in Jason role. Franklin. Yeah, Jason Franklin. Uh, Jeremiah Bethel Thompson. No, they're going to bring in James Franklin back to the starting job uh, with the Argos. Um, so basically the job he was brought there to do then got replaced after what was it three games and they and they gave him the hook, uh, so they're bringing him back to starting job. So here's my question: Is how he performs uh, in the final three games or four games, whatever they got left in the season, does these does that determine whether or not he comes back to the Argos next year or whether they offload him, or will he be back regardless? Mark, what do you think? Um, you know, if he plays well enough, if he shows that he belongs in the CFL, because they were actually one in five when he got benched. Mm-hmm. Just reading here, so he did play six games, and then Bethel Thompson came in and played well, well enough. Did he? Yeah, did he play five games, or Ricky Ray played a couple of those games, didn't he? That's true, too, yeah. So he, I guess he so, did play probably three games. I think he played two, to be honest with you. Two? Yeah. I think he yeah. played two and then a little bit. I, I don't think yeah. he played a full two ga- a full three games. He started, I think, three games, but the, but one of the games he didn't finish. Yeah. yeah. But he, he does deserve a shot. You know, there is a reason they brought him in. There is a reason everybody loved this guy in the off season. He was the big free agent guy. Mm-hmm. He did he does show at times that he has the talent. He just has to do it consistently. I think though that if he doesn't if he if they are going to stay with him the rest of the season to see what they have in him and he doesn't play well if he continues to throw interceptions, then I think you've, you'll probably have seen the last of him in Toronto. I wouldn't be surprised if they released him, just admitted their mistake. Now, Treston isn't the type to do that, but, you know, they could even make a trade for him. 
Montreal's usually looking for five or six quarterbacks at a time. So, <laughs> but no, I think he deserves a chance. It's up to him to show that he can do it, though. He didn't show it when he was in before. He did play well last week. So we'll see if he can improve from that and keep it moving forward. He has shown promise. He just needs to show that it's more than promise, that he is a starting CFL quarterback. He has the confidence, although I did see an article that he was quite upset about being benched. It really bothered him. Well, you need to play better if you don't want to get benched. Yeah, I'm finding it interesting with all these quarterbacks especially, being upset about being benched or being upset about what the media said about you or the fans. It's just, wow. You should be upset about being benched, but you got to play better. And now it's his chance to show it. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens moving forward from there. I... Yeah, I would say it's 50-50 that Toronto may just move on from him. But with Tressman, you just never know. Yeah. And he, it's not like he's going to come out and say anything. No, he, not. You know, he is the your NFL prototype coach that, uh, you know, he's like a, an O'Shea. Well, I'll have to look at the game film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll take a look. That's about all he says, so. It's hard to say, but I'd say if he doesn't play well, there's a 50-50 chance he gets released. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, but you know what? You know what? For the last for the last three years, we've always heard that, that James Franklin is the next one. He's the next one. He's the next one. Who's going to trade for James Franklin and start their franchise off right? Blah, 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 blah. And the only games he played in were nothing games. And he did okay. He did well in the nothing games. And here we are again at the end of a season when the games don't mean anything anymore. And is he going to play well? Probably because there's no pressure. You know, you get all of these guys that, that play well, but the guys that are the real guys are the guys who play well under pressure. Okay, James Franklin hasn't proved that yet, and he's not going to prove it at the end of this season because they got nothing to lose, and they're going to be loosey-goosey as possible because it doesn't really matter. And so I don't think this is a true test, and and I'm sure James Franklin is going to put up big numbers for the next three or four games, and they'll keep him around next year. And at the start of the season, he'll get to the start, maybe, unless Ricky comes back. I mean, you know, either one of these guys, Bethel Thompson or, or, or James Franklin, they can't beat out a 40-million-year-old Ricky Ray. So, really, how good are they? So, I, I, I don't think this is a good audition for him. Just my opinion, but, but they will definitely bring him back next year. I think they have to because they have invested some money into him. And you never know, maybe Tressman. You never know with Tressman. If he sees something in the guy, you know, he'll he'll keep him around. If he doesn't, he'll go away. And Joe Pop will bring in another 47 quarterbacks from someplace else. So, there you go. Go ahead. All right. Well, 
I'm not sure he's really Mike Mark Trestman's type of quarterback. Uh, Mark Trestman had a lot of success in Montreal. Uh, most of the time, his quarterback was Anthony Calvillo. So he's somewhat of a different um, different player from um, uh, James Franklin. But uh, at the same time, um, I don't know. I think that uh, there's a chance that if he comes in and he doesn't perform all that well, I think that they will um, look at this, uh, and I think they'll take a look around and see what they can get for him. I think that it's certainly possible that they could try dealing with dealing him. I'm not sure that James Franklin's all that enamored with the Argos franchise right now, but then again, who the hell is he to complain? I mean, it isn't exactly like he's lit up the the – uh, league in the past. I mean, he's had a couple of good games, but in all honesty, uh, he had his first audition as a starting quarterback earlier this season. It didn't go all that well for him. So we'll see how the last three games and how, goes and how well he plays. I think if you see him play relatively well, they will bring him back at least to camp next year. But if he struggles, I could see them saying, look, we'll go with McLeod, Bethel Thompson. We'll see what Ricky Ray wants to do. And we'll take a look around and see what else they can find. Hey, maybe we'll see a deal, and maybe we'll see uh, one struggling quarterback in uh, James Franklin dealt for another struggling quarterback in Jonathan Jennings. Maybe we see something like that happen. Who knows? But I think the last three games could potentially uh, decide whether or not he's an Argo next year. He was a big-ticket free agent, and they trotted him out as this massive, or uh, actually it wasn't even, was it a free agent signing or was it a trade? No, it was a free agent signing. He was a free agent. So, um, no, they trade, I, thought they, I thought they traded him before the end did of the Did they trade for him? The, maybe the they trade. did. Yeah, I think so. I think it was before, he was going to be a free agent, but they, acquired, they traded for him before he became a free agent and then signed him. But anyways, he was the big acquisition for them uh, last year in the offseason. So maybe it was a one of these things that um, it just didn't work out. It wasn't the right fit for them. Um, maybe there's a couple other teams out there that may be looking for a quarterback that uh, may want to inquire about his services. So while I think there's a good chance he does return to Toronto, I certainly don't think it's any kind of um, um, guarantee, at least. So I don't know. I just... Um, I think it's, uh, it's still kind of an open question, and maybe we'll see that it will uh, depend on how he plays in uh, the upcoming um, last three games here. Anybody else got anything with this one? No, I'm good. Well, I'm good, too. You're good, you're good, we're all good, everybody's good. So let's move on next. Let's talk CFL. All right, we're moving on to the next segment. The Speaking of quarterbacks, this one kind of surprised me when I heard about this. The Montreal Alouettes have gone out and they've signed Vernon Adams to a two-year contract extension. Why this is so, so surprising to me is that, A, Vernon Adams was previously with the Alouettes. He got cut. 
and then they brought him back. He started, I think, one game after they brought him back, maybe two, and then they relegated him down to the third string. And then they go out and they sign him to a two-year contract. Maybe one of you two can make sense of this for me because I really can't. Will, can you make sense of this? Because this 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 made me scratch my head. This one, I didn't I didn't understand this at all. I I I, I have no idea. But you know, and and maybe it won't even matter after. Uh, sorry, is it Ed Hervey there or Cavus Reed there? Cavus Reed, Ed Hervey's in BC. Right, Cavus Reed. I, I'm, is that the last move Cavus Reed makes before he gets fired? Because that dude should not have a job anymore. It should have been over Apparently last year. Not. It should have been over last year, and it's not. And now he's gone out and signed him. And let's face it, we haven't heard about him. So Johnny Manziel came in. He started in front of Manziel for one game, and then they put Manziel in, and he complained about getting booed off the field and everybody yelling for Manziel. And then Manziel went down, they brought Pipkin in, and then Pipkin, 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 then Manziel. And we haven't heard from Johnny Adams since then. Vernon Adams. Or Vernon Adams, sorry. And and he and they just signed him to a two year contract. Maybe he's the next one and they just haven't told anybody yet. Maybe. It's just weird though. So, but I mean it, it is it is weird. It just seems to me it weird, weird that they're signing a third a third stringer to a two year contract extension. I mean, right. and I don't, and I know Vernon Adams is probably making more money than uh, like a a kid right out of uh, college. So this is why it didn't really make any sense to me because I'm guessing you could probably go out and get someone cheaper than what you're paying Vernon Adams to be your third stringer holding a clipboard. Well, and I would be curious to see to see how many years are on Kipkin's contract. Is it a year? Because maybe. <laughs> Ready for this one, Mark? Maybe the off season comes along and they sign Vernon Adams and he's gonna be the second string guy and Drew Willie is gonna be the third string guy and he's gonna keep his job again. Because we all know who's gonna be the starter. Okay? It's gonna be Johnny Manziel unless he gets trouble in the off se- in the trouble in the off season, it's gonna be him. So yep. I mean that is it was it was it was a dumpster fire at the beginning of the year and now it's turned into a Barnum and Bailey's fire. Barnum and Bailey's three ring circus, okay? And and every time every time the Montreal Alouettes should come out of the tunnel, they should play Keystone Cops music, okay? Because that's how ridiculous it's getting. Well, isn't this the team that has had 19 starting quarterbacks in the last three seasons or some yeah, ridiculous? something crazy. Something absurd. crazy. The last, the last time I heard it was 14, but that that well, was whatever. three or four. That was three or four quarterbacks ago. So, I mean, it's just insane. Okay, like yeah. Haven't but, I gone through five well, quarterbacks this year? Yeah, uh, they've had five different starters. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty sure they have. So, I yep. mean, wow, 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 wow. It's just, it's just ridiculous. But we were saying that last year too. So, you know, I'm shocked that they didn't uh, sign uh, Darian Durant for the last couple of games of the season. So, you know, it's. It's just, well, they probably it's part of it. They're waiting to sign him in the off season, maybe. Maybe I don't know. It's just it's just silly, 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 silly. So, and I mean, you, you must look, you must look and think if you're if you're a general manager or a head coach for for a real football team, how do you just must look across and shake your head? You know they were saying they were saying last year that Devon Claybrooks got offered the Montreal job as the head coach, and it was like, yeah, thank you, no, <laughs> I'll just I'll stick to my safe place in Calgary, okay? So, I mean, let's face it, they couldn't find anybody to take that job last year. You know, Mike Sherman was probably on their on their their twenty fifth pick overall, okay, to take that head coaching job, and they did not. Yep. It just it hasn't. I mean, their defense has looked better, okay, but they spent big money on their defense. But I I I don't know what's going to happen there. It'll once again they'll be the topic of conversation this off season for sure. Go ahead. I don't get why they signed him. When I first thought, it's like, oh, oh yeah, I guess he's still there. He has definitely been the forgotten man. Like Will said, it's been before Manziel, it was Pipkin, 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 Pipkin. Who? Oh, yeah, that guy's still there. And then Manziel's back. We all know it's going to be Manziel as the starting quarterback next year. The only thing I can think of is they're not expecting Manziel to stay after his next year is up. And they'll then have Adams as their starter. Uh, He's been in the league three years. He's barely shown any flash. Hell, he was in Saskatchewan where they need quarterbacks, and he didn't last. I really thought the only reason he was in Montreal still was the fact that all their quarterbacks had been injured. Shills, or however you say his name, is injured. Our favorite, Drew Willie, is injured. Everybody they bring in seems to get injured. It just, I guess because he's a warm body, but I don't see why they would sign him to a two-year contract. They're already in a cash crunch. He's not going to be making the league minimum of 52. He's probably up around 65 to 80. It just, Schultz, when he was in, played far better than either Pipkin or Adams. I know he's injured, but wouldn't you want to go with him? Wouldn't you want to at least try to re-sign him to a longer-term contract? 
you're going with a guy who has thrown 800 yards in his three-year CFL career. <laughs> it just it makes no sense at all, which I guess is, is par for the course. That's because Kavis Reed is the general manager. No kidding. Yeah, it, it, it is 100% par for the course for Montreal. It, they are they've gone way past a tire fire. I'd almost call them an earthquake or an avalanche. It's just it's ridiculous. They're not going anywhere until they fire Reed. It doesn't oh, matter no who. No way, yeah. They don't need to fire the coach. They don't need to get new quarterbacks. They need to get rid of Kavis Reed. Yeah. I honestly I do, think that Mike Sherman's done pretty well with what he's had to work with this year. Considering he's learning the game himself, and he's had junk on offense, and from the sounds of it, they're losing their one of their best defensive players at the end of this year in Bowman. It sounds like he's retiring. Yeah. It, it's not getting any better. They did. Oh, you know, a lot of people were wondering why they made the trades they made. They, they at least got some draft picks back because they didn't have any until the third round next year because of all these crazy trades that Reed has made. It all comes down on Reed. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's a quarterback. Reed's not going to go out and fix anything. He's got no offensive line. He keeps trading those guys away. He just traded another one away. So I don't quite get it. I know they're playing for next year now, but wow, is he going for one of the worst teams in CFL history? Because he's starting to get there. Uh, and signing Adams is not going to help going forward. Just makes no sense whatsoever. Go ahead, Charles. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's just uh, it was really strange seeing them uh, sign this uh, contract. It's just disarray in in Montreal. It has been for two years now. And what's the uh, constant there? Well, it's um, it's Kavis Reed. Sorry. Um, I don't know why he was ever given the um, the uh, coaching or the GM range right from the beginning with, because they came in and they gave it to him, and he had no experience. And well, he's being he's doing his GM job like he has no experience, because it's he's been there for a few years now, and I still don't think he knows any. Um, I still don't think he knows what he's doing any more than when he started on the job, which is weird. I don't think he's learned a damn thing. Uh, as the uh, general manager there in um, Montreal, because quite frankly, he just looks lost. And his some of the moves he makes as general manager, all it makes you do is scratch your head, because it, they don't make any sense. He signed a third stringer for two years. He gave up a lot to get Johnny Manziel. He's brought in quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. He trades their leading rusher in Terrell Sutton. Uh, all of these things just don't make any sense. And he th- wants people to give uh, give um, him the benefit of the doubt. Well, how can we do that when most of your um, moves just make you scratch your head? I saw one person online today trying to defend the job that Cavis Reed is doing. And the case he made just made no sense. I'm sorry. Cavis Reed just seems incompetent. 
and does not seem like the type of GM that's going to build a winner because I don't really think he knows all that well what he's doing. I really don't think that. I think he seems like a um, just – it seems like he's throwing darts at a dartboard half the time with some of the moves he makes. They don't make any sense. So I just don't see – I think that's the biggest issue. Like I said, I think Mike Sherman, for what he's had to work with this season, um, I think he's done as well as he can. Uh, he hasn't exactly been given uh, a stellar team by any stretch of the imagination, but he's done what he can do. And uh, you know what? I would bring him back because I don't think he's did a bad job. Give uh, Montreal a competent uh, general manager who can go out and make some proper moves and bring in some good personnel, and then see what Mike Sherman can do. They might have a pretty good team there, but um, to me, uh, until that team decides to get rid of Cabus Reed, they're going nowhere fast. They're spinning their tires in a mud puddle, and they might even be regressing a little bit, but they're not going forward because can anyone sit here and tell me that they're any better than they were one year ago today? I don't think you can. You could probably make a case that they're not as good as they were a year ago. Well, actually, you know what? That's not fair. They were better, but they were a disaster last year. But uh, they couldn't get much worse. But right now, they're just nowhere spinning their wheels. And until they make a change there at the GM, it's going to be the same thing over and over again. They're just going to keep sitting there. They're going to keep losing. They're not going to. There's no optimism there. And the fans are not, uh, the fans are getting tired. They're already losing fans at the gate because their team has been so poor. They've got to figure something out there to get that team moving forward. And sorry, but Cavis Reed ain't the guy to do it. Anybody else um, have anything here? I think you could make the case that they're actually worse than they were last year. You probably could. Considering they keep trading away offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And that's been their Achilles' heel on offense is their offensive line. It's not like yep. they're bringing in, like they're not trading O linemen for other O linemen. Yeah, they're just getting rid of them. So I think you could make the case that Reed's made them worse. And don't forget, have. don't forget last year, right before the season, or right at the beginning of training camp or before training camp, they, uh, they, they. They cut Bear Woods. I yep. still don't know why. I still can't you know? uh, understand why they did that. I just, the, when it happened, it didn't make sense, and it makes even less sense now. You know, and did they, I mean, they cut Bear Woods, and this year they signed Hedok Mwamba. Is he that oh. much of an upgrade? I mean, he's played well, but I think they're comparable guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I think their defense was a little better this year, to be honest with you. But not that much better. Nope. And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe um, Cave is actually meant to sign Couchy Mwamba and made a mistake. Got the name wrong. <laughs> but he didn't do that. At least Chris Jones did that. That makes <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Why did he do that? 
when they're already their their defense is the strength of the team, let's go get Couchy because he'll he'll improve us. That didn't make any sense. Yep. All right. Any more bashing at KB3 or are we good for now? Oh, I'm sure we'll have many opportunities. Oh, I'm sure yeah, we will. I, I hate to, I hate anybody ever to lose their job, but I think his job is over. Yeah. And and you know what? You know what? If his job is not over in this off season, then the the people on top don't know what they're doing. It's that simple. Sorry. He is not a good GM. Sorry, but he's just not. All right, so I'm going to go back to the um, go back to the topic that I skipped over, and so this is talking about the record because we saw in the NFL, basically uh, Drew Brees became the leading uh, passer yardage-wise in NFL history, um, passing uh, Peyton Manning. But as a lot of people have passed out or have pointed out, he is still about, I believe it's something like 19,000 yards behind the record set by Anthony Calvillo in the CFL, who has a current record of career numbers of 79,816 passing yards in his long career. So this article here on CFL.ca, written by Matthew Cause, uh, asks, is anyone ever going to surpass Anthony Calvillo's record of 79,000, or is that an untouchable record? Mark, what do you think? Anyone ever going to pass that, or is that untouchable? No, you know what? I think at this point it is untouchable. Ricky Ray is the closest, and he's 7,000 yards away. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it does come down to how many years did Calvillo play? Like 21 or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And especially in the NFL, you don't see quarterbacks play that long. The NFL, unless you're a Tom Brady or you fluke out and you play for the New York Giants and you're Eli Manning, they spit and chew up quarterbacks nonstop. They spit them out nonstop. This guy's the next big one. He lasts four years. Okay, well, no, no, he's making too much money now. Let's go get somebody else. The time, the game has changed too much for guys to play for 21 years. years. Did you just hear a major echo? Did you just hear a major echo? I did. I did. Okay, it's not just Okay, it's not just This is like 3D. Like 3D. Only through sound. Only through sound. Okay, this is really strange. Okay, this is really strange. I don't like hearing my voice. I like hearing my voice. I don't like hearing your voice either. I don't like hearing your voice either. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, try again. Try again. See what happens. Will, 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 
Bear with us, folks. Bear with us. Will with us. Will with us. Will, are you there? Will, are you there? I wasn't asking you. I wasn't asking you. <laughs> I think we lost I Will. I think we lost Will. But somehow there's two but of somehow me. Somehow there's two of me. And two of Mark. And two of Mark. This is really strange. This is really strange. Let me try something. Let me try something. All right, try it now. All right, try it now. No, it's still loading no, like that. No, it's still loading like that. Wow. Oh, this is blog wow. talk. This is blog talk. Um, um, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because it's annoying. extremely annoying. And I think we've lost Will. I think Will. we've lost Will. I already said that. I already said that. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why it's uh, doing I don't know this. why it's doing this. Bear with us, folks. Bear with us, folks. Bear with us, folks. Bear with us, folks. I heard it three times. I heard that it three times that time. Oh, only twice. Oh, only twice. Um, um, let me try one thing. Let me here. try one thing here. Okay, try talking now. Okay, try talking now. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, that didn't work. Will, are you there? Will, are you there? Does Maybe it we put him to sleep. There. Was that? Was that? Maybe we put Will Maybe to sleep. Maybe we put Will to sleep. Well, he didn't want to talk well, he didn't to want to each talk of us, so he just maybe left. What happens if I do? What happens if I you do? You know what my whole. You know what my whole. Now all of a sudden. Now all of a sudden. Um, um, all the buttons. All the but- sound effects and stuff like that are gone. Stuff like that are gone. What's going on What's here? What's going talk? on here? Blog talk. Um. Um. So here's what we're so going to do. What we're going to do. I think we're going to end the show a little bit early because for some reason there's, for some two, reason of me, there's two of me, and, uh, and uh, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to fix this. This is obviously some sort of a blog talk thing. So I apologize so I apologize you're listening. Folks, if you're listening. Well, we were almost finished well, we were anyways. Almost finished anyways. And you can hear, and you my, can voice hear twice. my voice twice. Huh. Huh. I don't know what to I do. We've only got nine minutes left. So I think what we're going so to do, because we're getting this weird echoing, weird echoing. I think we might just shut, it down, just shut it down for the night. Uh, unless yeah. anyone else has got anything, else got anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's kill it. No, let's kill it. Yeah, okay, we'll kill it. Okay, we'll kill it. Hmm. Hmm. Stop copying, Stop me, buddy. Stop copying, buddy. All right. Well. All right. Yeah. Well. If you yeah. can put up with this echo, up with echo, I think we're going to shut it down for the night. Down so, for the night. So apparently Will is apparently still online, but he still can't online, hear me. can't hear me. Or he can hear, or but he, he can't, can't, say anything. can't say anything. Let me just try something just here. Try something. Um, um, we're going to mute Will. Then we're going to bring him back on. Bring him back on. Will, are you there? Will, are you there? Nope. 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 
All right, so I think we'll right, shut, so down, the we'll shut down the rest here. of the episode here. We're already here, already there, so there, so Logcock's not Log being our friend right now. So we're going to put it to bed for the night. And I apologize, and I apologize Echo. There's literally Echo, nothing there's I can literally do, about this. do about this. The only good thing about tonight, thing tonight is, about tonight you, get is to hear, you get to hear DC sucks DC twice. Sucks twice. No, that's not such no, a good that's thing. Not such a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so this is the last CFL episode 288. And I'm going to go to Mark. Mark, you can say good night, both of you. Good night, everybody. Hopefully it gets better. <laughs> All right, and I have been uh, Charles Cliff filling in for uh, Christopher Jones, who is away tonight at work. Uh, so thanks for listening to everybody. Thanks for listening. We will be back on Sunday. Hopefully only one of each of us will be appearing on Sunday. So this has been Let's Talk CFL, episode 288. Thank you for listening. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.